0: to Matthew the fifth chapter, Matthew the fifth chapter, go back please if you would to the first verse, Matthew the fifth chapter, back to the first verse, and seeing the multitudes he went up into a mountain. For they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart. For they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers. For they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness sake. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And blessed are you. When men shall revile you and persecute you and say all kinds of stuff about you. All manner of evil falsely against you, for my sake rejoice. Be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven. Because they did the same thing to your forefathers. You're the salt of the earth. But if the salt has lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing, but to cast, cast out. Be trodden under foot, under the foot of men, you're the light of the world. City that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Stop right there. Heavenly Father, open to us this morning your word and the truth of it. In your name, we ask it. Amen. I was going to have a i don't have I don't, I don't do the the PowerPoint stuff. I was going to have a, a nice a picture of the Mediterranean sea. Up on the back with, with my hair blowing in the background. But I couldn't find a good picture of the Mediterranean. <laughs> you know, God has, God has given us, Judy and myself, God has given us over the past few years especially... An opportunity to, to share from the pulpit so and many, so many different churches. It's incredible. I never thought that God would allow us to do that, enable us. Crossing what some people would call denominational lines. But you know, something? You know what I learned? When you're in somebody else's house, don't knock the house. Share the gospel. You know, there's plenty of straightforward gospel for us to share that you don't... And, and oh, don't, don't take that where I wasn't going. I got nothing to knock here. Don't take that any place I wasn't going. But the gospel is so clear and straightforward. And it's so simple. You'll have to ask uh, Pastor Karen when he gets back. He's, more, he's better at, at quoting than I am, but I think it was Mark Twain... They said it's not the things of the gospel, it's not the things of the word of God that are confusing, that bother me, it's the things that I understand that I don't do. It's pretty simple. One of the downsides, if there is a downside, one of the downsides of, of having the privilege of sharing in so many different pulpits is you forget what you did where you did it. Now, if you see my wife, Chris, you check yeah, if, if you see my wife and she's holding up two fingers, that means we've been there, done that, move on. I want to do a little bit review. Some time ago, I think it was probably last year, we spent a, a few Sundays in the uh, Beatitudes, and I wanted to go back to the Beatitudes. The attitudes that need to be in your life and mine. And let me just summarize the first part. We're going to focus this morning on verse 9. But I've got to get past the stuff that gets us to verse 9. If you'll allow my reduction or my commentary on what these verses mean to me. I would like to share this with you. Blessed are those who are internally satisfied are those who have come to the place where they see that their self-worth comes from God. The poor in spirit. They recognize that in themselves they are spiritually bankrupt. And in that humility and living in that humility they have the privilege of sharing that love of God and that humility in other people's lives. And if it wasn't, if that wasn't enough, it's not just internally satisfied, it's eternally ratified. Big church words. They help me remember things, though, if they rhyme. I use a lot of words that rhyme. I don't spell them right, but I I use words that rhyme. Ratify to make valid, to make effective, to adopt, to affirm. Eternally his, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. For by grace ye saved through faith. And that not of yourselves. It's a Gift. gift. Boy, we need to know that. If, if we didn't, we'd be we, we'd break our arm, patting ourselves on the back. Look what I have done for the Lord. I know we've all met them. Don't go there. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Poor in spirit, blessed are they that recognize sin for what it is. Blessed are they that mourn. Blessed are they that. See their sin how God sees their sin. And they mourn not because they get caught, but because they see what their sin does. David said in Psalm 51 he said, Against thee and thee only have I sinned. Because God set the standard for holiness. And when you and I sin, we break that standard. Yes, there's other people like David and Beth. There's other people involved. But it's God's standard we break. Blessed are they that recognize their sin for what it is and have an attitude of grief for the effects that that sin has toward a holy God. Because God will comfort them. Blessed are they who have an attitude of meekness. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are they that have an attitude of, of meekness because that, a meek, that meekness, and remember, power under control, that's, that's the meaning of meek. Because that meekness allows them to be a funnel through which God can pour his love, not just into me, but into the people that I meet, the people that you meet. For they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are the starved. Or internally and eternally satisfied are those whose greatest hunger in life is to model the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And to model that Jesus Christ to a lost and to a dying world because people need the Lord. God will return that hunger into a fullness. Blessed are the soft-hearted. The mercy, those that have mercy. Blessed are they that have an attitude of mercy because for that mercy, God will show them mercy. When you treat other people, and that runs into the sanctified because your life and mine needs, needs to be sanctified. Again, another big church word. But we need to be getting better, not in ourselves, but through Jesus Christ on a day-by-day basis. Are, are you, can you see spiritual growth in your life from last year at the same time? If you can, if you can't, you need to talk to the Lord about that and spend some more time in his word. Blessed are those that not just have an attitude of mercy from spending time with the mercy of God, but in turn are merciful to others. See, it's not just enough to have mercy in your wallet. You need to spend that mercy on other people. When we treat other people, when other people treat us, do we treat them remembering what God has forgiven us of <laughs> sometimes we are less merciful with others i 'm talking about me i'm not talking about you sometimes we're less merciful with others than, than we are with the way God showed us mercy mercy for if you forgive men their trespasses your heavenly Father will also forgive you but If you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your heavenly Father forgive you. Does he want to? Does he want to? Why? Because I've regarded, Psalm 66, 18, I've regarded iniquity in my heart. And if I regard iniquity in my heart, if there's something else that's there, then, then God can't hear me. It's not that he can't hear me. It's just that there's something that I need to take care of before I... Spend time in him. And I have to wonder how many of the prayers that are uttered by people in the church are cut short by the lack of forgiveness in their own life. I use this illustration. I know with use it with you before my wife holds up two fingers. Going through McDonald's drive through window. Roll down the window. If you don't roll down the window and you start talking to that little speaker, they can't hear you. And they will laugh when you come around the other side. Roll down the window. When you're talking to God, roll down the window. Get whatever it is out of the way. And that brings us to verse 9. Look at verse 9. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Peacemakers. I believe last time that we had an outline, big fancy outline. I like outlines. My wife likes outlines. And we said that the peacemaker is one whose leader is the God of all peace, who promotes peace with all men, who proclaims the gospel of peace, and whose pattern is the prince of peace. I believe I also shared with you What somebody wrote that with each beatitude, and I think this was John Piper, he wrote that with each beatitude is another nail driven into the coffin. Inside the coffin lies the corpse of a false understanding of salvation. The false understanding said that a person can be changed without being changed, or that a person can inherit eternal life. And keep his old attitudes and his old habits. We, we, if, if any man be in Christ, he's what? Old things are? Oh, that doesn't always come quick, does it? Old things are passed away. And you know, that might be a lifetime process. Behold, all things are become... No. In other words, blessed are the merciful for they shall obtain mercy, blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God, blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called the children of God. If we don't receive, if you and I don't receive the mercy of God, we receive the judgment of God. If we're not called the sons of God, we're called the sons of perdition we will not see him eternally all of the descriptions that Jesus has led up to now or up to this point and and, and further are are actions and attitudes that need to be a part of your life they're not suggestions boy it sure would be nice if you no no They need to be a part of your life. I've been thinking a lot about peacemakers over the last, and and, and I've, I, I wanted to be able to put some, I want to go back to peacemakers, but I want to be able to put some arms and some legs on that peacemaker. I want to see that peacemaker in a grocery store or that peacemaker on the job site, or that peacemaker at home. Well, we don't. We don't need peacemakers at home, do we? No. Chris might, but the rest of us don't. I want to see what that looks like. That peacemaker looks like in the church. Do we need? To be a peacemaker in the church? You see, this is the great part about pulpit supply. Is I have no clue of what's going on in your lives. Now see, if if I was your pastor and I stood up here and and I started preaching about what's going on. And and someone would say, he's been listening to my converse, I have no clue what's going on in your life. But you know, as a peacemaker, I need to know what that peacemaker looks like. I think sometimes we think of a peacemaker in, in a in a not a check shirt but a striped shirt, like a referee in a fighting ring. Holding two people apart, making sure they fight fairly. Parents, you know what that is. Job place, you know what that is. And that's partially true. I think scripture tells us tells shows us that it that it's even Deeper than just holding people apart. David in Psalm 26, he said, Judge me, O God, for I have walked in my integrity. See, David a number of times in the Psalms talked about his integrity. What is integrity? Integrity is what you look like, what you act like, what you think about when nobody else is around It actually comes from our English word, integer, if you are a math student and I'm not. I didn't like math. Kids block your ears, I didn't like school. But an integer talks about a whole thing, the whole number. It's no fractions. David said, I want to be... What God wants me to be, even when nobody else is looking. Joshua, the fifth chapter. Joshua, just just before the battle of Jericho, he's up on the mountain and he's he's kind of scoping the thing out, and he sees somebody, and he gets ready to draw his sword, and he says, "Who are you fighting for?" And it was the pre-incarnate Jesus Christ. It was a captain of the Lord's host. And you know what Joshua did? Took off his shoes and he fell down. Because who Joshua was before God when nobody else was looking was going to determine what God could do with Joshua when everybody was looking. And you know, I don't think a peacemaker is an awful lot different. I think peacemaker isn't just the guy in the striped shirt holding people apart apart because I think the peacemaker starts at home, and I think the peacemaker starts in here because if it's if its origin is not in here, if its ability is not in here, you're not going to see it anyplace else and, and I understand that there's only one who can bring peace to this. Messed up world that we're in, and that's Jesus Christ. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. I understand that. But when Jesus said, Blessed are the peacemakers, it would appear to me that He's given you and I a characteristic that we need to follow. A set of commands that we need to obey. Given our own human limitations for sure. Peacemaker is kind of a, a funny word. It's a unique word in the Greek. It's actually it's unique to Matthew 5 verse 9. A peacemaker. And it's it's given in the understanding that this peacemaker is one that has received the peace of God already in order to carry that peace any further than where he's going. I, I find it unique as I look at the word that we are to be peacemakers, peacemakers. It sounds like an action word, doesn't it? Now in my mind, the first thing I do is, OK, what's the opposite of that? And, and a peacemaker, The opposite of a peacemaker would be a peace taker. And, and I don't think any of us want that written on our tombstone. But I think sometimes the less obvious would be not just a peacemaker, but a peace faker. A peace faker. Now, now stew on that for just a minute. I want to come back to that. I want you to think about that. My wife is the absolute best best bread maker in the world. And yes, I am totally prejudiced. And, And happy to tell you that I'm totally prejudiced. She is, she makes bread, she makes muffins, she makes, she would put, you know the, um, Thomas's English muffins? Are we on television? Yeah. Uh, can I do that? She would put them out of business. You know, I didn't realize that if you take an English muffin, she cooks them on the grill. If you take an English muffin, uh, me, being no Chef Boyardee myself, I would take that muffin, I'd cut that with a knife. You don't cut them with a knife. You separate them with the fork. I didn't know that. See, if you don't, you don't... If you cut it in half, it looks like a piece of, what, Swiss cheese or something. If you break it apart, it's got all the little holes and nooks and crannies that hold the things that cause your cholesterol to go wacky. (laughs) But, you know, she's a bread maker. She could take all of her bread-making ingredients. She could put them on the bread-making table in front of her. She could wear her bread-making apron and be in her bread-making mode next to her bread-making oven. And if she didn't put those ingredients together and put them in the oven, you wouldn't have bread. Now, I, I, I will model. She is a fabulous cook. Amen. I am living proof. This boy is not starving to death. (laughs) You know, she could even take all of the ingredients and put them on the table and measure them out. But if she neglected to put them together, John wouldn't have any bread. We can have all of the ingredients for making peace right in front of us. We can have the feet shot with the preparation of the gospel of peace. We can have the prince of peace as our as our king and our leader. And if we never if we neglect to put those ingredients together, we are not pacemakers. I wonder if we wouldn't call ourselves peace fakers. See, peace isn't something that you. Wait and hope happens. At least not according to scripture. Peacemaker is something that I go and do. I understand God's will will be done. And God wants to use you. And God wants to use me as his hands and his feet. But if we neglect the opportunities that God gives us to be merciful, to be peacemakers, to be whatever. We neglect the blessing. God's will is still going to be performed and he wants to use you, but we need to be faithful to put the ingredients together. Personal relationships can be tough, can't they? I won't ask for an amen. Amen. Because you might be sitting next to the people that you're having a hard time with. People, they are just so much like us. Amen? And and we don't allow people the liberty to be like us. We'll allow us that liberty but not other people. Do you have somebody in your walk of life that you avoid? Do you have somebody in your life that for whatever reason has become invisible? Do you have somebody in your life that when you're, you're going down the, potato chip aisle at a grocery store and you see them come in the other direction you say oh I need cold cereal both of which are overpriced the cold cereal and potato chips and I go and and get my Captain Crunch if you have somebody in your life that's like that You need to take a long, hard look at Matthew 5, 9. Blessed are the peacemakers. The people that put the effort into making peace. Peace Peacemakers, not peace fakers. Not somebody that sits back and waits and hopes it'll happen. For they shall be called the children of God. Have you tried to communicate with that person? Certainly prior to communication, first thing you do is you pray about it. Bring it to the Lord. Have you tried to communicate, have you forgiven that person? I didn't ask you if they have forgiven you. Because that responsibility of forgiveness is on you, because you are you. Have you forgiven that person? Person. And, and it would be totally erroneous for us to believe that in a situation where there's conflict, that even if I have forgiven this person of whatever it is that happened, humanity doesn't always allow me to forget it. And what has happened could possibly affect that relationship for a long time. You know, once burnt, always learnt. You've heard them. But let me ask you, is that unforgiveness worth taking into eternity? The better question yet would be, is that unforgiveness worth what it does to your relationship with God. Remember, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord can't hear me. If you forgive men their trespasses, if you don't forgive men their trespasses, neither can God forgive you. If they won't talk, have you talked to God about it? God can do some absolutely incredible things. But we need to ask. You wouldn't believe what he can do when he turns up the crock pot in somebody else's life. But you know, sometimes the the change m- might need to be in you or in me. I I you know, being perfect, we have a hard time with that. Perf- you know. Can't overemphasize again the fact that these beatitudes aren't suggestions. Jesus isn't saying that it'd be great if you were poor in spirit. It'd be great if you were hungered and thirst after righteousness. It'd be great if you were merciful. These are parts of your life. Like Paul said to the Galatian church, that the fruit of the spirit, no S, fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, meekness, faith. Now I'm, I'm going to guarantee you that not all of those are in equal proportions in my life. But every one of them need to be there. And Lord and I need to work on some of the ones that are lacking. Peacemakers. They shall be called the sons of God. I think the last time we talked about peacemakers, I talked about hummingbirds. And my wife's getting ready to hold up two fingers. She talked about, we talked about the hummingbirds. We talked, they cannot get along. They fight and they fight and, and they have a pecking order. They're back. They're back and they didn't learn a thing. They're still at it. They still can't get along. Isn't it awful how much they're like you and me? Very few of them can go sit across from each other. And I always wondered as they're sitting across from each other with that little glass bowl in the middle, if they can see each other. For, forgive my imagination. But very few of them can sit on the opposite side of that little bowl and then fly off and do their thing. they got to fight. they got to fight. God tells us we need to be not just the ones that get along, but the ones that promote getting along, the ones that we, we ooze. I'm not sure if that's a theological word to use. Or we ooze getting along with others. Now since the last time I talked about peacemakers here, I've added some, some scripture. I want you to go to James the third chapter. I've added some scripture to my um, study, if you will. My characteristic of peacemaking theme, the peacemaking theme. James, the third chapter, look at verse 17. James 3, verse 17. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, Easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Now, James starts this with the word but. And in all fairness, I, I think we need to go back to verse 16 to find out why he put the but there. For where envying and strife is, there's confusion in every evil work. Now, obviously because we're using words like envy and strife and, and and fighting that's that's for somebody else right that's that's not for us but wisdom that is from above is first pure then peaceable gentle easy to be entreated full of mercy good fruits without partiality and without hypocrisy pride envy Selfish ambition can paint you and I into a corner that is tough to get out of. Conversation, communication. Bear with me my own definition. But communication by simple definition, that's all I've got is simple definitions, would be the liberty for two or more people to share what's on their mind. Don't don't look that up. You won't find it. Any, I don't think you'll find it any place. And there's no copyrights on it if you want to use it. Now, if it's one person and they're carrying on a the conversation, they get trouble. <coughs> but if two people are sitting down together, they need to be at liberty to just to share what's on their mind. Now, check this out and see if this is just me. Too many times when we're sitting there talking to somebody, we're listening, but we're only half listening. Don't say amen yet. We're listening, but we're only half listening because in our mind, while we're fully attentive listening to this person, we're formulating the rebuttal in case they say anything that doesn't agree with what we believe. Don't, Don't we do that? Paul said to the Philippian church, he said, Look not every man on his own things, but also on the things of others. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. You know how I found the best way to do that? Listen. Both ears. Forget the formulating thing. Forget the formula. Just just listen to what they've got to say. I think that's the only way that we can come to... See, when James wrote this verse 4, he he followed this with verse 5. that says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And, And I think that's the only way we can come to that. Is listen with listening. If you and I go through life believing that we have the only correct interpretation of... Ford's, Chevy's, Toyotas. I, I I would drive a Toyota, but I haven't found a door big enough to get in. A sunroof. If we have the only correct interpretation of whatever it is that we're talking about, remember we're formulating that rebuttal. If we live that way, you will paint yourself into a corner. But wisdom that is from above, James, the third chapter, verse 17. Wisdom that is from above is first of all pure, then it's peaceable, it's gentle, it's easy to be entreated, it's full of mercy, good fruits, without partiality, without hypocrisy. First of all, it's pure. What does that mean? It's free of me. This is God's wisdom. This is not my wisdom. This is God's wisdom. Yes, we read it. Yes, we apply it. Yes, we think we seek to understand it. But don't ever allow your two cents worth to cheapen God's wisdom. We do that. We do that. Now I know in part, but then shall I know even as also I am known. Now I know in part. Now I see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but someday God's going to fill me in on the big picture. And what, I, believe it or not, what do I got wrong? I know you have a hard time understanding that. My wife does too, but we do. We get things wrong. First of all, it's pure. Then it's what? Peaceable. What was your purpose for sharing God's wisdom with that person? How did you share it with that person? You and I do not convict a person of wrong thinking. You and I do not convict. That's God's job. God, through his Holy Spirit, does the conviction. You and I, we share the word. We share the word. First it's pure, then it's peaceable. In sharing that wisdom, did I come across bearing the message of the messenger. Did that person think when I was sharing with them God's wisdom, was I trying to jam something down their throat? Or did I come across as actually caring what they think and and what they do and what they believe? And and I shared this with a Sunday school class not too long ago. I'm not saying that we bow down or accept every theology or doctrine that comes down the road. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying that at all. There's some wild stuff out there. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that what? Not of yourselves. It is a gift of? Not of works, lest any man should boast. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Paul said, He said, You know something? He says, If you find somebody that's, that's sharing a gospel that cuts Jesus out of it or comes in a different way, he says, I want you to paint a big red circle around that guy's face and put an X through it. But you know, we ought to love the people that Jesus died for. For God so loved the world. loving, considerate, submissive. We struggle with that one. Submissive. Perfect submission. That's the first thing I thought. You know, hey ladies, you can sing the second verse. Perfect. And everybody goes, ooh. But the third verse said the same thing. Because Paul said we need to what? Submit to each other. We have a hard time with that. Sharing that peace did I come across bearing the message of the Prince of Peace. Loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy, good fruit, impartial, sincere. Look at verse 18. John the third chapter, verse 18. The fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. The fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. In other words, we're we're back to our peacemaker theme. In other words, peacemakers bear this message of peace as part of the righteousness inseparable From the righteousness of Jesus Christ And the wisdom of God And if you go out on your own You're going to paint yourself in a corner Toot sweet Is that French? How would I do? I'm working on that People at the hospital say Do you speak French? I says, I'm Dutch I'm still working on English We hear a lot about peace In our world Despite the world's best, despite Hallmark's best, there will never be peace in this world without the adoption of the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Now for some, peace in our world would be lack of guns and bombs and fighting and fists and and words but you know, even if that peace came, it's short-lived. It's short-lived. We cannot have the peace of God until we are at peace with God. We cannot be peacemakers until we ourselves are at peace with God. Inseparable from his righteousness. Inseparable from the wisdom Of God. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. Until we take ourselves out of the picture. Avoiding that corner that we paint ourselves into. We need to put Jesus first. Amen. Blessed are the peacemakers. For they shall be called what? (laughs) Children of God. Are you a peacemaker? Internally satisfied are the sons of God living in the integrity and righteousness of Jesus Christ who take the effort, who make the effort to be peacemakers. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. May we be your peacemakers. May we be, oh, people need the Lord. The old song that says, every day they pass me by, I can see it in their eye. Empty people filled with pain. And we have the answer. May we share that answer. May we be peacemakers. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. Judy, would you come?